Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Hey folks, on Friday's After Party Podcast at BobSeskaShow.com, I unveiled my brand new Andrew Sullivan impression, and we ripped into the NRA once again. Plus, we evaluated Trump's young and vibrant boobs and determined they make a squeaky toy sound, kind of like this. For all that and more, go right now to our Patreon page at bobseskashow.com to support this completely independent podcast by subscribing to our bonus content, including the Friday After Party. And depending on your subscription amount, we'll give you hours of weekly bonus content, including the After Party, as well as our post-mortem show recorded after the end credits roll in our Tuesday and Thursday shows, and the 90-minute Ultimate Edition without commercials. That's bobseskashow.com, or just click the all-caps Patreon link beneath the logo at bobseska.com. And now, let the cartoons begin. Broadcasting from Resistance Headquarters, relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorables. Never give up, never surrender. This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. I just noticed something that in one of your interviews with John Candy, I believe, it looked like an older interview, you had less hair than you have today. How do you explain that? I uh, don't wear a wig, sir. Paint your bald spot? What bald spot? You paint your bald spot? I don't know what you're talking about, sir. My hair grows. You paint your bald spot. I don't have a bald spot. How come you had less hair on the tape? Maybe my hair grew. Maybe I had a bad haircut that day. You paint- By the way, something. What do you care? Paint your bald spot? I don't. Do you paint your bald spot? Paint your bald spot? Oh, you're sick. Bob Seska! Bob! 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 The Bob Seska Show! From our nation's capital, it is Tuesday, April 30, 2019, and this is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. It is the greatest soap ever. Hi, how are you? My name is Bob. What's up? Hello, Bob. Hi, it is day 831 of the Trump crisis, 553 days until the 2020 presidential election. Uh, uh, oh, oh my God. You don't look like Buzz Burbank. <laughs> you're not You're not Buzz Burbank. Uh, sitting in for the vacationing Buzz Burbank today, it's our own Sir Brienne of Tarth. Night of the Seven Kingdoms. It is Kimberly A. Johnson pursuing the agenda of manicide. Pursuing the agenda of manicide. Here's Kimberly. Yeah. Here I All am. right. Welcome to the show today. <laughs> Thank you. It's like we uh, we just transferred whatever we do on Fridays over to Tuesday. Yes. I think that's what we're going to do today. <laughs> Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, so, you know, you got uh, so many things going on today, and I want to dive yeah. into um, the, the Adam Schiff, Eric Prince thing here in just a second. 
But I wanted to mention that uh, Buzz is taking a well-deserved break for a couple of weeks, and he will be back. I know there was uh, some people panicking about this on social media yesterday, but don't worry. Don't just, worry. He'll yeah. be back. Bulletin. You're only stuck with me for a week. <laughs> that's right. So it's just one, one my angry vagenda of manicide. Your vagenda of manicide. That's right. So it's just a couple of Tuesdays off, even if that. I mean, he may be back next Tuesday. I'm not exactly sure. But at the very least, I think uh, we're, we're missing buzz today. And, uh, you know, he said on Facebook yesterday, I just want to read this uh, verbatim as he posted it on Facebook. He said, I'm humbled by your outreach and concern because, of course, everyone was freaking out. What's what's wrong with Buzz? What's wrong with Buzz? Because uh, I, I tend to have a history here on this show about uh, <laughs> sidekicks. I think there are co-hosts. There's been a trend of of me losing my co-hosts. I don't actually only one has died. So I guess that's, well, that's a good that's a good. It's only one it's not like spinal tap drummers. It's not like a whole. It's uh, not that it's good that one died. Yeah. So not, please. Not, I don't want anyone to think that I thought. That. Yeah. <laughs> but so, so Buzz said on uh, Facebook yesterday, he said, I'm humbled by your outreach and concern. I haven't meant to cause alarm. So please let me clarify that a I am fine and will continue to be fine. B, I'm only stepping away for a week or two, not forever. And C, I need to attend to personal matters. Plus, I'm overdue for to step away for a bit, which he is. He's very, very much is. He's been covering this almost nonstop with only uh, I, I can only remember one week. I think that he's taken off one show that he's missed so far. Yeah. Uh, and he said here, of course, thank you so much for the love. Please keep an eye on things for me while I'm away. But he will be back. Buzz will be back. I. I assure you. Buzz. Meanwhile, uh, you're here on an appropriate day because isn't there an ERA hearing? It's like the very yes. first ERA hearing since like, well, I don't know. Since 36 years. Forever. 36 years. Yeah. Right. In Congress. What's the story with that? Who's, who's going to be there? What's it all well, about? Well, obviously, Alyssa Milano, Patricia mm. Arquette, which I have on my um, Twitter feed, yeah. the video of Patricia and her speech. One of the things she says is you didn't want to give us the ERA before there were abortion laws, you didn't want to give it to us in the 70s when we had abortion yeah. laws, and you don't want to give it to us now. And she specifically said that men are valued more than women. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I mean, I don't know exactly what this is going to accomplish. I would like to let everyone know one of the participants is going to be on my show tomorrow, participants in the hearing. I don't believe she was on a panel, but her name is Kate Kelly. She's an attorney, and um, she's at the hearing with Alyssa and with everybody. And so I'm going to talk to her tomorrow and get her take from what happened and what she thinks will come of this. Yeah. But what I do know is that even though it seems like it could be a fruitless effort, considering the state of things, yeah. I think that, <clears throat> excuse me, I think that this is very timely in that we are in a presidential campaign. Mm -hmm. And Kamala Harris was the first person to bring this up without even being asked. They, yeah. You know, what are you going to do for women? Well, the first order of business is getting the ERA ratified, she said. So she wasn't even prompted on that. She brought it up on her own. I know Elizabeth Warren has said that she supports removing the resolution. What I would like, to, or I'm sorry, removing the deadline. Mm -hmm. um, what I would like to see is more, you know, since this hearing is getting some traction and, and a lot of play online, I don't know if it'll make it to the, to the, you know, cable shows, yeah. but I would like for those can for the candidates to see and talk about it because it's an issue that's extremely important. Women are more than, uh, half this, you know, population of this country. And so, um, 
I hope that uh, on my Start Me Up podcast tomorrow, I will be talking to Kate Kelly, like I said, and she'll go over more things. She's got a legal standpoint. Also, she's a Mormon for ERA. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of interesting. And what's also interesting (laughs) is that... I don't know why that's so hilarious to me. I'm sitting over here chuckling. Mormon for the ERA. Mormons for the ERA. Thank God. I'm I'm grateful that it's, you know, that there are Mormons. I'm going to ask her about that. I mean, do the Mormons actually support the ERA? There are a group of Mormons that support them. But what's interesting is back in 2012, I attended a rally. that's when I actually heard about the ERA for the first time that mm-hmm. it hadn't ratified by this woman named Kamala Lopez. But I was speaking at this rally, the We Are Woman rally in 2012. And so Kate had just posted a picture of herself at that rally. So she was at the rally and I didn't even meet her or know her at that point. So yeah. it's kind of funny how, you know, when you're when you're working for a cause, it's a small world. Right, right. And there's only a couple of things. There's only a couple of roadblocks right now to getting the ERA. Well, there's only one more state. There's only one more state. Is that it? Just one more state to ratification? Yeah. But the issue is the fact that we have this deadline that was attached and expired. So I know lawyers are are waiting for, you know, whenever that last state gets ratified, Um, there are going to be lawyers ready to go. And there's all kinds of, that's what, uh, another thing I'm going to talk to Kate about are the arguments that are, are, I know that there's arguments that are very, let's say strong for the fact that, you know, this is just bogus. It's a bogus deadline. So, or expired deadline. So, you know, I'll get more into that with her. I don't mm-hmm. have enough information to just go off on that. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, I think that even though it's not going to, necessarily mean anything right now mm. what it means is it's we're, we're talking about it again yeah there there was a there was a legitimate hearing and you know what last year i went to a shadow hearing because nobody would accept of course i it was the house right so um nobody on the republican side would let a hearing happen yeah so carolyn maloney decided she was going to hold her own no matter what. So I attended that. Alyssa Milano gave a speech there. A bunch of people gave a speech. They're very moving. All really amazing reasons why we need the ERA. And when I say amazing, I mean sad and horrible because women have to... <laughs> By amazing, you mean sad and horrible, Yeah, right? sad and horrible. Yeah. Just horrible fucking stories that mm. we heard that the ERA would fix. Yeah. So it's not just about equal pay. But anyway, so um, the fact that, you know, last year there was a shadow hearing and then everybody, thankfully voted mm-hmm. in 2018 so now we had a real hearing yeah jerry nadler i think started sponsored it or wrote you know whatever it's called he's the one who initiated this hearing so um there you go well it seems like the era really is is teetering on passage and and especially if everything goes well in 2020 mm-hmm. seems like if uh, we get a uh, democratic president and a democratic senate then it's from that point on and again don't get happy, exactly. but it seems like it's pretty much smooth sailing at well, that point. Yeah, it, it seems it like the, be in the, the lifting of the uh, deadline would get repealed through that a would Democratic be the Congress. Because then there de- would be no uh, legal battle. Right. And then all that would be required at that point is one more state to ratify. Uh-huh. And then that's it. Then the ERA finally becomes a thing. And um, just recently, I don't remember. I can't remember the guy's name. Mark Herring, perhaps. I don't know. In Virginia, they squashed it. They squashed even having a, a, oh, right. a vote on it. Yeah. And I think they also did in Arizona. Not surprising mm-hmm. in Arizona, but really disappointing because it was it, in, in Virginia, it was gaining some traction. But unfortunately, right around the time of the ERA gaining traction there, there was that whole terrible thing with with the with what's his name with the blackface. 
<laughs> oh, um, oh shoot. Yeah. I can't think of his name. Right. Northam. 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 Oh yeah, and, Ralph uh, Northam. Oh yeah. my God. So that there was guy. that yeah. and the whole abortion thing that he fumbled. Yeah. So it was like, oh great. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, perfect. Not perfect that timing. he killed the ERA. He didn't. Yeah. But I mean, it just was terrible timing. I just keep thinking about, I mean, there was this new commercial that's uh, running now and it talks about how, and in fact, I I think Rachel Maddow talked about it last night, where it's uh, really emphasizing the fact that women are a majority in this country. Women are a majority of voters in this country. And this is all a no brainer, but for the fact that men still control all the levers or most of the levers of power, I should say. And I, I just will add this little personal note. Number one, I would have liked to be there. Obviously I had to do this show, but um, (laughs) this show is more important than the Equal Rights Amendment. <laughs> Let that be well, known by the woman who's pursuing the agenda of manicide. Thanks a lot. Uh, that, but it's work. You know, I yeah. had to work. Yeah. But beyond that, mm-hmm. I have recently received some news that's quite upsetting. I'm not going to go into detail, but it's just somebody that I love has been diagnosed with cancer. And so I've just kind of been working through my emotions on that. So going there today would, you know, I'm, I'm stuffing all of my sadness down to do the show. <laughs> and yeah, so, yeah. you know, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be okay. And fortunately the person who was diagnosed with cancer has a, a, a good chance. It was only stage, stage one, one yeah. and there's not even going to be any chemotherapy. Mm-hmm. So there's a different kind of, uh, treatment that they're going to go through, but yeah. still it's, this person is important to me and it's upsetting. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, you know, uh, best wishes to, uh, this person who <laughs> yeah. we shall not name, but it, yeah, this I person will say, does not like people knowing anything about their life. Yeah. And just to be perfectly clear here, because I know there's a lot of people who are on the verge of panic about buzz. It's, it's not, not buzz. buzz. It's no, not, this is a family member of mine. Yeah. No, it's absolutely not buzz. Right. Yes. Um, oh, and meanwhile, you know what? I didn't even plug your uh, your your podcast, patreon.com slash start me up if you want to hear more from Kimberly. A. Yeah. And Johnson. you know what? Tomorrow, not only am I going to be talking with Kate Kelly, I will also be talking with T-Rex after that. So. Oh, T-Rex, David Ferguson. Cool. Yes. Sounds great. All right. Well, we're looking forward to that. Plus, patreon.com slash Kimberly A. Johnson for your all your writing and everything. Yes. Okay, so uh, getting down to business here, um, where do we start? Adam Schiff, this is a pretty big deal. Um, everyone was wondering after the Mueller report dropped, what's the deal with Eric Prince? Why didn't Eric Prince get indicted out of all of this? And uh, because, I mean, obviously, Eric Prince is a central figure in the entire uh, Russian attack. He was trying to uh, form some sort of back channel. We heard about the Seychelles meeting and all of that. That was Eric Prince. And of course, Eric Prince's sister is idiot Betsy DeVos. <laughs> yeah. This, uh, no, she's stepping down, isn't she? Or do we have an acting Secretary of Education at this point? I don't, yeah. probably. Everyone's acting. It's best just to assume that everyone <laughs> yeah, in the really. Trump administration is acting in the most literal sense in many, many cases. Uh, but it looks like Adam Schiff is gunning for Eric Prince, and he's made a criminal referral for perjury. Uh, Adam Schiff said Tuesday that his panel would make a criminal referral to the Justice Department regarding potential false testimony by Eric Prince, the billionaire founder of the private military contractor Blackwater and an ally of, of President Trump. The evidence is so weighty that the Justice Department needs to consider this, Schiff said during a Washington Post live event. Now, my guess is that Donald Trump Jr. is probably on some sort of similar list. Mm-hmm. Like, it'd be only a matter of time before Donald Trump Jr. has some sort of criminal referral, but for the fact that he's the son of the president. And I don't even know. I can't even begin to guess how Trump would react to mm-hmm to a criminal referral against Donald Trump Jr. Because we can pretty much guarantee, because Adam Schiff basically said this 
after the closed door interview with the House Intelligence Committee before Adam Schiff took over as chairman, that it was very likely that Donald Trump Jr. was telling fish stories mm -hmm. and re you know refusing to answer a lot of questions in that closed session with the Intelligence Committee. You know, I don't know what the hell Trump would do. I assume it would be similar to everything else that he's doing, which is just continuing to obstruct justice <laughs> yeah. by refusing to allow these uh, people to testify, uh, documents to be released, all under the uh, ridiculous and egregious uh, umbrella of executive privilege. And, uh, and just in effect, Trump always makes things worse for Trump, <laughs> continuing to obstruct justice in plain view. And I, I think at some point, I at least I hope at some point in the next uh, couple of months, you know, is Nancy Pelosi going to get tired of this yeah. and and give her people a, a go ahead to seriously open? I mean, and by people, I mean, Jerry Nadler. I mean, very specifically, right. Jerry Nadler and the Judiciary Committee would be the guy who would start the whole impeachment process. It looks like Nadler's already going down mm -hmm. that road anyway. Yeah. But he doesn't uh, mess around. Jerry Nadler, yeah, no, 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 definitely not. And well, you know what? He's the one, like I said, I think he's the one who initiated the ERA thing. So he's a good guy. Yeah, he is a very good guy. Well, and and he knows Donald Trump up close. I mean, being a congressman from New York gives him a special insight into the way Donald Trump operates. And and quite honestly, he's, you know, keeping his uh, keeping his powder dry for now. Mm -hmm. I mean, Jerry yeah. Nadler, I mean, at least and, and certainly the Trumpers don't realize this. The Red Hats don't realize this is that Jerry Nadler is kind of still pulling his punches a little bit. And I think strategically, I think that's wise at this early stage. Yeah, because you don't want to spook them just yet. And Lord knows, even if they did nothing, even if Nadler did nothing, even if Adam Schiff did nothing or Maxine Waters or any of those people are kind of taking a, I, I would say, a reasonable approach mm -hmm. so far. Yeah. But that, I think, will only last a certain amount right, of time. Because this, they're being reasonable. Trump and everybody else in his administration is not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have not been the biggest fan of Bill Maher recently. Yeah. I have disagreed with him on a great many things over the past. I would say just this this past season specifically, mm -hmm. the one that he's in right now. Um, but he delivered a commentary Friday night that I absolutely agreed with. Yes, which me too. Is, well, and I, let me just throw in there. I agree with him a lot. I just he, he can be off putting. I don't yeah. always agree with him, but I agree with him more than I don't. But he's off-putting. Anyway, that's just my two cents. Well, I mean, he's you know he's in a perfect position to um, to play that role. Yeah, I mean that's what he is supposed to do. That's what Bill Maher does. Bill Maher says things that uh, kind of rub people the wrong way. I mean, he does that quite often. But he's he's really in a position, and that I guess he understands his place in the entire debate. Yeah. If he can trigger action by taking an approach like he did Friday night with his uh, his jabs at Robert Mueller. I mean, I, jabs, that's sort of <laughs> underselling what it actually yeah. was. I mean, he eviscerated Robert Mueller. And yeah, you know what? I, I have a hard time disagreeing with him on that. Me too. I'm not full-on radical, you know, Robert Mueller failed and he's awful and this is a disaster. I'm not at that point. But I will say that I mostly agree with Bill Maher insofar as I believe that Robert Mueller didn't behave in the proper context. Mm -hmm. I think Robert Mueller uh, pursued this investigation and published this report as if everything was normal. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And nothing is normal. 
I mean, the the lack of of urgency, of ferocity coming from Mueller's office, I thought was a, a big red flag in all of this. And and as everyone knows who listens to this show, knows that I've spent many, many months, and I, I don't know how far back it goes, but I've been saying that we need to be careful not to attribute all of these superhuman powers to Robert Mueller. I, I always bring up the Chuck Norris thing. Mm-hmm. You remember the Chuck Norris memes? where people would, uh, you know, sort of endow Chuck Norris with these superhuman powers. Like, uh, Chuck Norris um, isn't hung like a horse. Horses are hung like Chuck <laughs> Norris. That, that's one of them. Or Chuck Norris doesn't do push-ups. He pushes the earth down. <laughs> well, I mean, for the last two years, all we've been hearing about is how amazing Robert Mueller is and and how he is just the answer to everyone's prayers that he's going to do all these things that he's not going to miss a single beat that he's going to just be this utter thorn in Trump's side and never give Trump any wiggle room. Well, the first time I thought that there might be a crack in that notion was just as time wore on and indictments were handed down, not seeing anyone in Trump's inner circle. I mean, his current inner circle. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about Don Jr. and Ivanka and, and Jared, the people who are closest to Trump and even Trump himself. I mean, when I saw that there was a negotiation going on with regard to Donald Trump testifying, I mean, there's a, <laughs> yeah. okay, now there's something strange happening. You do not give someone like Donald Trump wiggle room like that. The, the ability to say, nope, I'm not going to do it. Right. I'm not going to do it. And then even knowing that, knowing that he was able to whittle things down to written answers and not about obstruction, like Mueller actually allowed that to happen on top of the fact, and and Bill Maher pointed this out too, where Don Jr. was allowed to decline to be interviewed without being subpoenaed. Are you Mm -hmm, kidding? The, The central figure in the Trump Tower meeting from June of 2016, the guy who said to Rob Goldstone, I love it. When asked about receiving stolen emails from Hillary Clinton taken by the Russian military intelligence agency, the GRU. And Donald Trump Jr.'s response to that was, I love it. You know, I mean, granted, the Mueller report does paint Donald Trump Jr. as being an idiot. Yeah. And rightfully so. (laughs) Yeah. But since when does someone being an idiot amount to well uh, you know maybe we shouldn't prosecute the idiot because you know he's an idiot well i I think you know you look at there's two things number one he robert Mueller less left this up basically to congress yeah so he understands that senate will do nothing Mm -hmm. so that's real i mean there there was a you know a thing in, in bill maher's little talk about this he put up a graphic like of a newspaper like what could have been where it was uh Mueller indicts Trump he could have done that even though the DOJ frowns on it Mm -hmm. um it's not a constitutional thing that a a sitting president can't be indicted he could have taken more steps but but the other thing that you're talking about is making Mueller Superman I agree but Mueller for the longest time was all we had because we didn't have the house Fortunately, we got the house, but prior to that, all we had was law enforcement. Yeah. And so I think that, you know, I mean, it makes sense to me that we put our hope in him and, you know, we were, we were, it's, we needed a Superman because we didn't have Congress. 
And so we wanted him to be that Superman. We wanted to believe that because he fought in Vietnam and because he was, you know, he seemed like such a hardline patriot and all of that. Um, you know, we even would throw it, you know, Trump would always call him a Democrat and he's a Republican. Yeah. Uh, we were hoping that that meant something. Like he, he would be the old school Republican, the kind of Republican that turned against Nixon. But, you know, I mean, he certainly was not there to punish Trump. Yeah. He was there to do an investigation, but he left it up to a Congress that he knew would do nothing. He, right. he I'm sure he knew the uh, Democrats would do what they're doing and, mm. and maybe start impeaching uh, impeachment process. But knowing that with a Senate that they would not push him out. Yeah. yeah. So it's while it's not up to him to punish Trump, we were hoping that he would be a little bit more of a, um, I don't even know what the word is because it's not Superman, but it's just, yeah. I guess, more of a patriot. More Chuck Norris. Yeah, and, and patriotic because <laughs> yeah. if you're patriotic, it means you're going to fight for this country. You're going to put aside party shit. You're going you're gonna to even put aside who you're supposed to be mm-hmm. as the FBI director, maybe not by breaking laws, but by being a little bit more forceful with your actions. So yeah, yeah. I don't want to come down on anyone who, who gave uh, Mueller a lot of power, but in the end, I think it was always clear. It, it's never going to be one person who saves us. It's us. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, with, with Robert Mueller for the longest time, I thought his silence and his kind of, um, out of the headlines posture and all of this, where unlike Ken Starr or um, even to a certain extent, Patrick Fitzgerald during the Bush administration, uh, you know, I thought, okay, well, this is interesting and strategic and he's just trying to keep his nose clean and trying to keep his, his, his face out of the headlines, trying not to distract or to be a part of the social media chaos Mm -hmm. that, that Trump is ensconced in to try not to get caught up in the Trump propeller. Well, guess what? He got caught up in the Trump propeller anyway. He allowed himself to be a little bit manhandled by Trump's team. Yeah. And even though, yes, there are 12 plus counts of obstruction enumerated in volume two of the Mueller report. The fact is that he was way too nuanced in his language inside the Mueller report setting up that section or setting up the does not exonerate angle of all of this. You know, in an age in which there is very little nuance out there. I mean, the the internet is where nuance goes to die. Yeah. And no shit. Robert Mueller not only and again, some of this was out of his control, but allowing uh, Bill Barr to go out yeah. weeks in advance yes, to exactly. run spin for Donald Trump, to misrepresent the findings of the Mueller report, to basically allow the spin to circulate the globe several times before the truth got its pants on. Uh, was, I think, a huge mistake. I think Robert Mueller should have come out at that point and clarified. He was no longer the special counsel. Well, it's special counsel name only. I mean, the investigation at that point was over mm-hmm. as of around March 24th. Mueller could have come out March 25th and given his own press conference. What harm would it have done? Bill Barr couldn't have fired him at that point. What, what would the, the attorney general even do? Yeah. What would Donald Trump do? Or what could they do? They couldn't do anything. The work had been done. Mm-hmm. And then in the actual report itself, I think Robert Mueller should have said, these are obstruction charges. I am handing these over to the attorney general and to Congress. Right. In order to continue to to run with the baton from that point forward. Mm -hmm. Instead of saying, well, it's not 
not obstruction. Yeah, right. You know, like using all these double negatives and things yeah. like that. It's it's not unobstruction. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, shit like that. And so um, putting that in there just allowed for all kinds of bullshit from Donald Trump and the Red Hats and Fox News Channel to just say, hey, look, no obstruction. Are you kidding me? No obstruction. And that's not the case at all. And I think that's a direct result of, of a communication problem. Yeah, That is Robert Mueller not communicating himself properly in the modern context where there are millions of people, millions of Democrats, I assure you, who didn't even read the Mueller report. Not one page of it. And who only read the excerpts that are in uh, Twitter and in some of the press accounts. But, you know, knowing all of that, knowing what kind of age we live in, a highly and profoundly abnormal period of time right now, you have to spell shit out like that. <laughs> yes, you do. And I am, uh, I, I'm, I don't want to say I'm angry. Uh, I don't want to say I'm disappointed. I should just say, I feel like my warnings about Mueller not being uh, Chuck Norris, not being Superman, are, are a little bit vindicated. And I take no satisfaction in that, by the way. It's, it's a horrible, horrible tragedy that this was not underscored more. So, you know, granted, all right, so... <laughs> But the other, but the flip side of that is, what are we supposed to do? I mean, yeah. we're doing what we can do. I think I think it's a mistake to ever just assume one person is going to save everything. Yeah, and you know, but at the same time, where what else did we have, especially before uh, this year? Mm -hmm. You know, what did we have? Yeah, that's all we had was the hope that the FBI was going to be able to bring justice to this country. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I mean, and, and we were all under the impression, uh, I think we built him up without a doubt. We built him up, but I hope that this, I hope this serves as a, as a learning, um, as an opportunity so that we can, we did a good job. Like for instance, you know, when Trump was sworn in the next day, we had these huge marches across the country, across the world, yeah. across the globe. Um, then the next year, the same thing happened. And we had March for Climate. And the thing is, is people say, well, marches don't accomplish anything, but they actually do because they keep people feeling as if they can do something. And when you can't do something legis with legislation, when you can't arrest someone at, at a certain point, all you can do is stand up and take to the streets. Yeah. And so we did that. I, and then, and then we showed up to vote. So, you know, it's, it's, I think it's an important lesson to know that, you know, yeah, we, we have to, this actually kind of ties in with the idea that we have to have a, a white man to beat Trump or we're going to lose. Mm -hmm. No, that's bullshit. Yeah. What we need is all to come together and vote for the democratic candidate. That's mm -hmm. how we're going to beat Trump. It's yeah. not going to be Biden. It's not going to be Warren. It's not going to be one of those people. It's going to be all of us yeah. saying, I don't give a shit if this, per if this person is not my favorite candidate. I'm going to vote for them. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad that there is this pledge to get behind whoever the candidate, all of them, I think, with the exception of Beto, which he'll sign it. But this pledge to get behind you know, ever and whoever the candidate is, yeah, and such to a great fully idea. support them. Yeah. So I, I do hope that that works. But you know, that's with this Mueller thing. Let's take that to 2020 because the only way we're going to overcome all the shit Russia's doing right now to win 2020 is if we show up in in, in numbers too large to ignore. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, again, I, I hate to always come back to this, but we are in a place now 
where you have to overwhelm the vote. Yes. In order to in order to win, in order to overcome. Yeah, because we've got gerrymandering, we've got voter suppression, we've got lies, we've got disinformation, we've got the GOP with their I mean fucking Jacob Wall every five minutes, although he is the worst. Oh, God. He is the worst dirty trickster that ever lived. Yep. He gets caught every time. He's, he's so terrible at yes, it. Yes, I wonder I wonder if he's actually deliberately terrible at it. I wonder if that's <laughs> part of the problem. Like he's just he's so bad at it that he gets caught and then we all look and say, ha ha ha. Look at that guy. He's such an idiot. And then meanwhile, Donald Trump is stealing our wallet or something like that. You know what I mean? But I don't know if that's necessarily the case. I just think he's an idiot. I think he's an idiot. I think he's an idiot with a big fat ego. Yeah. And someone told him at some point that his ideas are brilliant. And now he's running with it. Most likely his dad. All you have to do is look at his face. (laughs) And I'm not and I'm not even being a sarcastic bitch. I, I mean, I'm literally look at his face. He has more confidence than he should have. Yeah. And he thinks that he's the shit. So, you know, no. Well, I want to dig into this story in which uh, Jacob Wall and his zipper challenged co-conspirator. <laughs> I forget. Who, oh, John Berkman is that guy's zipper name. Zipper challenged. Yeah. It just, <laughs> hey, we're going to have a press conference. Hey, everybody gather around for a big, big press conference. And oh, shit, I forgot to zip up my fly like an idiot because I'm 12. <laughs> you know, clearly. <laughs> Uh, We're going to talk about that and how they try to frame Pete Buttigieg here in just a second. And they're on tape being idiots. Yeah. So I I don't think we have the tape. I don't think the Daily Beast provided the tape, but the Daily Beast has the tape and uh, and therefore was able to verify that uh, Jacob Wall (laughs) fumbled another, you know, weird. uh, And everyone knows. Everyone knows. I mean, I remember I think it was Rick Wilson. He's like, yes, this has Wall written all over it. (laughs) Oh, and you know what else we're going to do? We got to talk about Florida. Oh, my God. Florida is. Oh, my God. Florida again. (laughs) Thank you, Florida. (laughs) Oh, man. Bad news coming out of Florida. Very, very bad Mm -hmm. news, especially for 2020. But first, Mm. so on Saturday, I went to Delaware. Isn't that amazing? I was in Delaware. Actually, I drove up to Delaware because my dad uh, coaches a uh, a high school baseball team and they had a, uh, a daytime game up there. And I, I drove up to see it and uh, meet up with my brother and my niece and everything like that. Had a great time. But you know what I wore to, to protect myself from all the stinging flying insects was my favorite bugger off bomb from buggeroffbomb.com. Oh, yeah. um, it turns out I didn't really need it because the winds were 110 <laughs> miles an hour. I mean, I feel sandblasted after Saturday because we were sitting in the, in the bleachers and the wind was hitting us directly. And I felt like I would come away with like leathery sandblasted skin, almost like I was Sam Elliott uh, rustling cattle in Wyoming for the last uh, four months or something like that. Here's how we put it. The wind was not damaging, but it was just hilariously strong. (laughs) I mean, it was comically strong wind. So people's hats are flying off and shit. Hot dogs are flying through the air and things like that. So it was, it was a hilarious wind. But the, one of the great things about that kind of wind is no flying insects. So fortunately, I didn't need my bugger off bomb, but I was so glad that I had it. It is nasty chemical free. That means there are no nasty chemicals in bugger off bomb. It is DEET free. And it's kind to humans and the environment. Uh, not too long ago, in fact, David Ferguson was comparing it to a product that his brother was able to get all the way in 
India just raved about this uh, bug repellent that had eucalyptus and citronella in it. Well, it turns out that bugger off bomb has those exact same ingredients and sounds very similar to what T-Rex was describing. Bugger off bomb is handmade in small batches by Karen Reese in the wilds of the Pacific Northwest. And I'm happy to report that it really, really works. By the way, it smells way better it than does. the store pot repellent. You know what? I have a pretty strong sense of smell. Yeah. And I get bothered by various smells. And this one was great. It was, yeah. It's very mild and it's totally, I can live with it. Like, yeah, it's like a clean smell, doesn't mm-hmm. it? It yeah. has a clean, fresh smell yes. and it doesn't uh, make your uh, clothes stink or gunk yeah, up Yeah, I your- hate that, like there's that... Um, of course, skin's so soft. Yes. I think that smells awful. <laughs> I hate it. Yeah, yeah. Well, you don't want to use that. I mean, obviously, there are chemicals in that. You don't want right. to use that. The, the best way to, uh, to to keep the bugs off of you all summer long is through buggeroffbomb.com. It's got, I've got the tin right here. It's almost like, it's about the same size as a Chris Lavoy banded masculine candle. <laughs> it's like a little, almost like a hockey puck size metal tin. And when you open it up, you unscrew the top and it... Oh, it smells great. And it's like, it's not like a gunky or pasty. It's almost like a, a solid, almost like a solid roll-on or like a, a deodorant. Yeah. Really, really great stuff. Buggeroffbomb.com. Just ten ninety five at buggeroffbomb.com. But use our promo code BOBC for 15% off your entire order. Support this show by supporting Bugger Off Bomb and stay bug-free all summer long. Again, that's buggeroffbomb.com or just click the link on the podcast page. Thank you. The Bob Seska Show. Shoulders, you feel me? I'm growing older, having no luck, pursuing what I love. You feel me? Uh, yeah, this is a uh, Gabe Fleck and Gabe Fleck, colder shoulders from his The Life Through Emojis project. That's the name of the album. Link in the description below. I love Gabe Fleck's music. It's just, uh, really interesting stuff. And he's, he's kind of a kid. Looks like, uh, you know, maybe in his late teens, early 20s. So he's got a big future ahead of him. Gabe Fleck, colder shoulders right here. Um, you know, I played Larry King at the top of the show. The famous Larry King pa- paint your bald spot <laughs> clip, which is absolutely hysterical. And uh, the reason I played that is because it turns out Larry King kind of had a heart attack yesterday. And I, and I say kind of had a heart attack because it's it's in dispute, <laughs> like everything involving Larry King. <laughs> uh, so yesterday it was reported that he had a, a pretty severe heart attack and had to be hospitalized for it, of course. And then uh, his publicist came out today and says the talk show host suffered an angina attack wow. and did not suffer a heart attack or go into cardiac arrest, after which he underwent a successful angioplasty that's kind of suggests something that is actually heart damage in some way. It says, uh, according to TMZ, it says, our sources are clear. Doctors told Larry's wife, Sean, Sean, hello, that he did suffer a mild heart attack and there were proteins in his blood, a clear sign of a heart attack. So uh, uh, I almost said safe home, Larry King, but not yet. Right. <laughs> Get well soon, Larry King. Um, I have this weird history with Larry King. This is one of the reasons I'm bringing this up is uh, 
and, and occasionally when Larry King comes up in the news, I, I like to tell this story. I uh, About 25 years ago, I interned on the Don and Mike radio show. At the time, it was nationally syndicated and uh, based out of Washington, D.C. in scenic and lovely Manassas, Virginia. As part of my job there, interning for Don and Mike, I decided to... Mm, it's almost embarrassing to say. I decided to prank call <laughs> other radio shows and then record it and hand over the prank calls to Don and Mike, and then they would play them on the air and laugh at them. And so one of the things that I did, and uh, in fact, Rob Spiewak, who was one of the other interns on the show at the time, he and I would do this thing routinely where we knew that Larry King ate dinner at Duke Zebert's every day at a particular uh, time of day. So he would be doing his, at the time he was doing his CNN show, and I think before he went into CNN, he would go to Duke Zebert's, this restaurant in Washington, D.C., where he loved the crab cakes. He loved eating the crab cakes from Duke Zebert's. <laughs> and so what we would try to do is call Duke Zebert's. We had the phone number on a little index card, and we would call Duke Zebert's to see if we could talk to Larry King. Well, one day, I actually managed to get through to Larry King at Duke Zebert's. And I was completely stunned, and I was so stunned, that, and I didn't think it was actually going to work. I didn't actually think the maitre d' would actually bring Larry over to the telephone. Or I imagine like, like in the 1940s movies where they actually have a phone and they carry it to your table at the restaurant. <laughs> sort of like the phone call for you, sir, and it's on like a silver platter or something <laughs> like that. And uh, But it wasn't like that, so I was expecting the maitre d' not to call Larry over to the front desk or whatever, to the host area. Uh, to, to talk on the telephone to some random person. But when he actually picked up the phone and went, hello, <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. And I said, uh, Larry, I, I'm just a really big fan. I uh, hope you enjoy your lunch today. And he goes, oh, thank you. Thank you. And then he hangs up. And so Rob comes in. I, get, I, I just I just got Larry King on the phone at Duke, Duke Zebert's. And Rob goes, well, did you get it on tape? And I went, no, no. <laughs> Nope, didn't roll tape like an idiot. I didn't record that at all. So I said, you know what? I, I was completely unaware that he was actually going to answer the phone. I just thought it was going to be another <laughs> attempt that would go nowhere. So I said, you know what? I'm going to try this again. So uh, for the second time within 20 minutes, I called up Duke Zebert <laughs> again. And uh, this is actually what happened. I have a recording of it. The audio oh quality God. is not great, but here's me disguising my voice in 1993, calling Larry King at Duke Zebert's. Duke Zebert's. Hi, can I speak to Larry King, please? Um, <laughs> he's busy now. Oh, okay. Uh, could you could you patch me through to him? It's kind of urgent. <laughs> can, you, <laughs> so I say, can you patch me through to him? This is I'm talking as if it's 1972 and Radar O'Reilly has his <laughs> bag of phone and he needs to take those wires and connect them and put them all together to... Be able to talk on the phone. Can you patch me through to him? Welcome to the 40s, Bob. <laughs> I'm so slick. Yeah, what's your name, sir? He gets a lot of calls. Hmm. Uh, Rob Williamson? This is my fake name. My stupid <laughs> fake name. That I just, off the top of my head, I came up with Rob Williamson. Because for some reason, I was thinking Robin Williams. Oh, how funny. And instead of Robin Williams, I just, what what came out was Rob Williamson. As hmm. if that's anyone. Are you friends of his or... Uh, well, actually, I'm going to be a guest later on on the show. All right, what's up? Hello? Hello, Larry. Yeah. I just I just called you a few minutes ago. I was just wondering, what are you enjoying today for lunch? Why are you doing this? <laughs> I just, uh... I Don't do this. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you doing this? 
Don't do this. You know, I just told, I was at a Passover dinner the other night when you were in Delaware. Yeah. And I told my family that you had crank called him. <laughs> Why are you doing this? <laughs> Why are you doing this? Don't do this. I, I can't even imagine Larry King like interrupting his crab cakes to get up to wander over to the, the telephone, pick up the phone, and I go, I just called you a few minutes ago, and by the way, you're about to fire the maitre d' at Duke Zebert's. <laughs> even as a customer, I think you're going to be able to do that, Larry King. <laughs> and also, uh, what are you enjoying today for lunch? <laughs> Maybe there was an item on the menu called, why are you doing this? Right. There Wouldn't that go. be funny if there was just a novelty item it's on the like menu? The, the that's the hamburger a, of the day. That's well. That's what they maybe they call the crab cakes. It's the <laughs> why are you doing this crab cakes? <laughs> Don't do this. And then he hangs up. Yes, yes, indeed. And then what was weird is, of course, I didn't have uh, permission to record Larry King's voice. And I don't think uh, in Virginia at the time you could actually legally record someone's voice without their permission. Hmm. So when Don and Mike played it on the air, they had to bleep out all of Larry's voice. Oh, wow. And even still, it was hilarious to hear <laughs> on the show. Just, just the the fact that Larry King's <laughs> crab cake lunch at Duke Zebra's was interrupted <laughs> by stupid idiot me. Stupid idiot Rob Williamson, Williamson. <laughs> who's going to be a guest later on on the show. <laughs> and the major D's like, okay, yeah, hang on. Here he comes. No, really. <laughs> and then you can hear him coming over to the phone. If you listen carefully, if you go back in the podcast and listen to it again, you can hear him on the phone sort of approaching the phone and people greeting him and saying, oh, hi, Larry. And he's going, oh, hello. Hi, hi. I've got a phone call here. <laughs> Picks up the phone. But now, um, you know, uh, the other weird thing about Larry King is uh, he apparently wants to be uh, cryogenically frozen before he dies. So I wonder if when he had this angina attack yesterday, he called up his, I don't know, his cryogenics <laughs> agent. I don't know. Who, who would you call? Cryogenics Maybe agent. I assume he's arranged he's it with some cryogenics company. representative. <laughs> I got to get my cryogenics guy on the phone. <laughs> I'll call him up. His name is Rob Williamson. <laughs> and one time he called me at Duke Zebitz. He asked me what I was enjoying today for lunch. And I said, don't do this. Why are you doing this? And it just so happened I was eating, why are you doing this crab cakes from Duke, Duke Zebut? <laughs> oh, God. Okay. So, uh, but yeah, it's hilarious because Larry says, I just want to live on and on and on. So it's, it's like a, a legitimate goal of Larry King to never, ever die. Um, and I guess that's, uh, that's brave enough, huh? All right. So... <laughs> So there's the Larry Larry King tape. I'm not going to play. There's another tape. There's another Larry King tape in which he's been up for 30 consecutive nights of doing the overnight show. He used to do the all night show radio show. And uh, he did it for 30 consecutive nights and then gets this phone call from this kid who's asking about journalism school. And instead of talking about journalism school, Larry thinks he's asking about medical school. <laughs> and it's just hilarious to hear. Oh, yeah, I remember that one. Like you would expect a response about journalism school. And instead, yeah. Larry King's like, pressure on the fire. Yeah. <laughs> Done this before. I don't want it to be his first surgery. <laughs> Applied himself well. These are things I have confidence in the young ND. And the kid's like, well, I'm asking about journalism school. <laughs> I think you're exhausted after 30 nights. And then Larry goes into this unbelievable rant and you know when we used to play it on the show uh chez mentioned that it may have been one of those things where either he was really drunk or really sleepy or yeah. both and he was wrapping up the show and then he was in that weird twilight state yeah. like if you've really had a lot to drink and you're kind of blackout drunk 
and you start just talking and saying whatever is in your brain because you don't really know if you're awake or asleep. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But anyway, so I'm not going to play that tape yet because you got to wait. (laughs) I'm not going to do this uh, post-mortem thing about Larry King until he's actually dead. Yeah. So, okay. So there's enough of uh, Larry King talk for today. huh? (laughs) So uh, Jacob Wall and his zipper-challenged co-conspirator Jack Berkman Tried to frame Buttigieg. See, already, I'm just, I'm annihilating that guy's last name. <laughs> I know, I thought you were going to say Putin. <laughs> I was like, what? Yeah, this is, uh, Jacob Wall is going after, going after Pete Putin. <laughs> Vladimir, Vladimir's brother, Pete. He <laughs> operates a, a car wash in, uh, in Oklahoma City. I don't know if you were aware of that. <laughs> Pete Putin. <laughs> Um, okay, so a pair of right-wing provocateurs, that's how the Daily Beast I don't Beast think they should be to. called provocateurs, but okay. No, they're idiots. These guys are like, uh, I mean, they would be lucky if they had the skill of, of James O'Keefe. Right. And James O'Keefe is a turd and a half. Yeah. Actually, I'm, I'm overselling James O'Keefe. He's only a turd. He's not a turd <laughs> and a half. That's way too much turd for James O'Keefe. Uh, but these guys are called provocateurs by the Daily Beast. They're being accused of attempting to recruit young Republican men to level false allegations of sexual assault against Democratic presidential candidate Pete Buttigieg. I mean, and I'm serious. Just look at Pete Buttigieg. Does he look like he's running around assaulting people? No, no, absolutely not. But this is, uh, you know, this is what they do now. This is the entire thing. They did the whole thing with Robert Mueller. And, and the big question I have, and this is for any legal experts out there, if, like if Jody Hamilton's listening. Uh, maybe we'll get a response from Jody Hamilton on Thursday's show. Why is this not illegal? Why have they not been arrested? Right. It seems like it's defamation to me. <laughs> like to try to frame someone? Yeah. And levy these kind of allegations yeah, against them? Yeah, it seems them? like, uh, yeah, it seems absolutely like they should be arrested. Yeah. Uh, a Republican source told the Daily Beast that lobbyist Jack Berkman and internet troll Jacob Wall. You know what? That's a that, lot better. Exactly. Internet troll, but better than provocateur. Yeah. Thank you. Internet troll works perfectly. Um, what they did is they approached this Republican source last week to try to convince him to falsely accuse Buttigieg, the mayor of South Bend, Indiana, of engaging him sexually while he was too drunk to consent. Oh, God. The sor- yeah, See, this is like, this is a form of rat fucking. Yeah. And, and at the same time, it's like, we're going to show them, we're going to pay them back for the accusations that Christine Blasey Ford levied. Right. And we'll show them they'll, you know, then they'll defend him because they're hypocrites. Yes. That's the assumption. But of course, you know, it's Jacob Wall. (laughs) Jacob Wall and Jack Berkman. Jack Berkman couldn't even appear at a press conference with his fly (laughs) up. I mean, if there was a perfect metaphor for these two bozos, it would be the fact that the one guy showed up with his fly down. Well, and that the Jacob Wall company was really uh, his mother or something. He had listed his mother. I can't remember the details on that, but he's he's just such a loser. The source who spoke to the Daily Beast said Berkman and Wall made clear that their goal was to kneecap Buttigieg's momentum in the 2020 presidential race. The man asked to remain anonymous out of concern that the resulting publicity might imperil his employment and because he said Wall and Berkman have a reputation for vindictiveness. Oh, really? Do they? (laughs) That's shocking. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But the source provided the Daily Beast with a surreptitious audio recording of the meeting which corroborates his account. In it, Wall appears to refer to Buttigieg 
as a terminal threat to President Donald Trump's reelection next year. Well, that's promising. Well, that's actually that's great news. Yeah, I'm glad he's at least conceding that. <laughs> Because he probably is. I mean, I would say Buttigieg has a relatively strong chance of beating Donald Well, Trump. there's a new poll out, just to jump in. I think it's got uh, Buttigieg is... Let me see if I can find it. Uh, I know Elizabeth Warren went to third, so I think it's Biden, Buttigieg, and Warren. I think that's, yeah. I think that's the new... And, and Biden uh, taking a, a gigantic lead right out of the shoot. Yeah, gigantic. Huh? Uh, again, that's a lot of name recognition. I don't know if he has a lot to build on that. Yeah, well, I mean, basically all we can do is wait and see. I yeah. mean, I have been predicting that both Bernie and Biden will peter out. And when I say peter out, I don't mean they're going to disappear. Obviously, they're always going to have a, yeah. a good sized base that backs them. But um, will will the, you know, it's hard to say because I hate admitting this. I hate this. I hate I hate I hate I hate admitting this. <laughs> But do, do you hate it? Do you I really hate, hate it? it? But it's like, <laughs> I, I don't know. The thing is, that, well, okay, let me just put it to you this way. I think that, and I've, I've said this before, when, when, a, when a male candidate does or says something, mm -hmm. the male pundits come on and talk about how popular the male candidate is. Yeah. When a female candidate does or says something newsworthy, the male pundits talk about how popular a male candidate is. <laughs> so, you know, you get, you get, uh, videos and things like that of Elizabeth Elizabeth Warren at, at you know whether it's a CNN town hall or she the people so those are all across the internet but when you see when you turn on cable news most of the discussion is about men and it's because they're polling higher but I also think part of the reason they're polling higher is because they're the ones that are being discussed yeah I totally get that there are people in this country who are fearful. Um, they think, oh, we're not ready to elect a woman president, which I, mm -hmm. it's, it's like the ERA argument. Really? We're not ready? Are you fucking kidding me? How can we not be ready? This country has been around for over 200 years and we're not ready. Yeah. Angela Merkel is running Germany. There was Margaret Thatcher. The, women have run countries before. We're in a fucking America. But anyway, so, <laughs> um, so I, I hate to say that there is a portion of this country that even you know, even liberal Democrats who are so, uh, I'd say they're they are the fear tactics work on them. Yeah. So they fall for the fear tactic and they fall for the bullshit narrative that only a white man can win, mm -hmm. and then they just go, okay, that's it. Now I'm only going to vote for a white man. Right. And it's stupid. But you know, whatever. I I mean, I I forgot my point. What was my point? We were talking about. Well, uh, you were talking Elizabeth about the Warren different how, how men, how male candidates versus female candidates right. are treated in. And uh, you know, I mean, I, I say this because I have to. Yeah. Of course, I'm going to vote for whoever the Democratic nominee is. But um, you know, it, it could be a woman. It could be. It could be. I think we have five. Oh, I know. What I was going to say is that that Biden and Bernie. I you know, I initially felt like well, they might lose traction as time goes on, and that really might still be the case because Warren has now jumped up to third position. She's only at yep. like 12% and burden, uh, burden <laughs> Biden. Is it like 38% or something? Burden. Like that? <laughs> I know. Wow. That's a great Freudian slip right <laughs> no, there. No shit. Um, but you know, I mean, and, and, and I would be relieved to, to have any Democrat replace Trump. Anybody. I mean, yeah. as much as I don't want to see Bernie, as much as I would prefer it not be Biden, either one of them, I would be relieved, especially mm -hmm. Biden more yeah. than Bernie. But I also just want to say this. Uh, Alyssa Milano was on Velshi Rule the other night, and she had said uh, that she believes Biden is the person. 
Yeah. And she said it's not about policy or who's going to be the best president. So basically her take is Biden is the only one that can beat Trump. And and uh, Jason, who listens to the show, you know, tagged me and he was like, really? And I'm like, we're different people. So I don't have the same opinion Alyssa Milano does. Um, obviously, I am on Alyssa's side because I told her about the ERA and she's like this fierce advocate for the ERA now. So I'm always going to to back her, but I do not agree with her mm-hmm. on this particular instance. I'm not going to fault her or shame her for it, but um, I just we have a different opinion about this. I just I understand that people have fear, but we can't allow the fear to make our decisions for us. We have to again. It's all about just fucking uniting. And who do you think is going to be the best president? If we all in the midterms vote that way, okay, well then whoever it's going to be rises to the top. But well, listen to them in the debates, watch how they campaign, and then vote for who you think is going to be the best president. Yeah. And then whoever gets that nomination, you vote for them. Well, I really like what, uh, what is it, Indivisible? Is yes. that the organization? Yes. I really like, uh, as you were saying before, I really like what they're doing. And you know what I'm looking forward to one day is if um, if MSNBC uh, recruits Lisa Vanderpump to fill in for Ali <laughs> Velshi, so then that show can be called Vanderpump Rule. I mean, I'm just saying, that's... <laughs> Thank you very much. I know. I know. That was dumb. And people are like, who the hell is Lisa Vanderpump? I know. I'm stumping people with all the stupid reality shows that we watch. Uh, okay, well, uh, it's my fault he watches that show. So, Well, it's also, well, you're not tying me up and forcing no, me to watch it. No, but I'm the one with... who introduced you to it. <laughs> That's true. But but when we watch it, all we ever do is talk about how stupid and arrogant all of them are. Well, like I always say, it's great to be able to turn your brain off once in a while. Yeah. And we're just relentless making fun of all the yeah. people on the show. That's so. part of the fun. That too. Well, on that note, we're going to take one last break and come back with, uh, oh, fun, election interference, the Russian attack. More news on that coming up right after these words. You're not going out to play until you've finished all your homework. Aw, mother scrubber. No dessert until you've eaten your vegetables. <sighs> mother scrubber. Who's mommy's little oogie woogums? Show your mama some love. Give me a kiss. Oh, mother scrubber. You're not going out dressed like that, are you? Ah, oh, mother scrubber. This Mother's Day, celebrate the first woman in your life, the one who taught you everything you know with a special something from Bubble Genius. Like our Mother Scrubber gift basket loaded with mama-friendly stuff, including our cocoa butter-enhanced Yo Mama bath bar and hippie stench perfume. Or Fresh Pick Suds, a lovely collection of flower soaps for your sweet ma. How about an artsy Bath the Venus bath bar? Bubble Genius has something for the best mother scrubbing mama out there. Yours. BubbleGenius.com Bob Seska We were born to an innocent life Far away from stations that crackle at night Look around, look around, our shelter is gone Everyone on our Patreon page is just raving about Jesse Terry. This recording artist right here. The song is called Dangerous Times from his Stargazer album. Link in the description. He's on tour now, right uh, right now, by the way. JesseTerryMusic.com for tour dates. Oh, God. We can't get enough of this. It was also on the Indie Music Countdown and at number one this past month, right? These are dangerous times, dangerous times, girl. Such a good song. Yeah, we played this on the after party, but I always like to give uh, after party uh, songs a little airing on the free show too, yeah. increase the exposure. Since the after party is a subscription only thing, 
Okay, uh, well, just speaking of dangerous times here, Brad Parscale opened his big mouth the other day and kind of revealed uh, some targeting information for the Russians. <laughs> Sleep tight, everybody. Good God. Uh, he named several blue states that the uh, Trump campaign is going to try to flip for 2020. Yeah. And this was, uh, again, it seemed rather innocuous until you realized who it was and who's, who's saying it and mm-hmm. what states these are. Specifically, Parscale thinks Trump could win Colorado, Nevada, New Hampshire, and New Mexico. And so he just said, hey, Russia. Yeah, basically, he said on television, uh, hey, Russia, if you're, if you're listening. Yeah. yeah, he was on Face of the Nation, and he kind of just let these uh, four states slip uh, on the air. And uh, you can guarantee that in those four states now, that the GRU and the Internet Research Agency and all points in between are specifically going to be targeting those states, just blanketing those states with uh, fake news yeah. and, and memes and disinformation and propaganda and agitprop and all the rest of it on social media. And yeah, I mean, I was getting a lot of reports. Of, well, some of those states have paper ballots, Bob. Don't worry. So, yeah, but those paper ballots get compiled on computers, right. don't they? I mean, right. there are machines to tally the paper ballots that can be hacked. And while there are systems in place to stop that hacking, you don't know what kind of sophistication the Russians have developed. I mean, one of the things that Andrea Chalupa was warning us about when I interviewed her a couple of weeks ago on the interview show, that, you know, Russia's technology is actually improving. I mean, it's not going to be the same thing as it was, uh, you know, four years earlier. They're going to have the latest and greatest. They'll be more sophisticated. Exactly right. And so, you know, we, we obviously worry about the, uh, the actual integrity of the votes themselves. But what we're discovering is that uh, Russia is going after the more vulnerable voter rolls, mm-hmm. the voter registration information. I mean, there was all kinds of uh, data that was hacked in Illinois in 2020, we heard about. And then um, the Mueller report confirmed that Florida was a major target of attack. And in fact, uh, the Russians were able to worm their way into at least, according to Robert Mueller, at least one county in Florida. Mm -hmm. And they were able to get in there and they were able to uh, potentially meddle with the voter registration information in that one county. And again, at least one county indicates to me that it's more than one. At least would indicate that right. they, they've got hard information on one county and possible information on a bunch of additional counties. Remember Bill Nelson back in uh, August? This is before he lost his reelection bid narrowly to, uh, who was it? Uh, Ron DeSantis? <laughs> I'm starting to forget. I've tried, wait, Bill Nelson was running for reelection in the Senate and lost uh, his Senate reelection campaign. I think Ron DeSantis beat uh, Andrew Gillum. For governor, mm, okay. I forget who uh, uh, Bill Nelson was running against, but it was a narrow loss for Bill Nelson, who was a longtime sitting uh, senator from Florida. And you wonder, well, did the Russians have anything to do with that? Mm-hmm. And then you see this story that Marco Rubio, now according to the New York Times, confirms Mueller's findings about Florida's election systems. Although the spear phishing attempt in Florida, where they actually tried to hack through sending uh, malicious emails to government workers had first been brought to light nearly two years ago when The Intercept cited a secret National Security Agency report. State officials said they were certain no election computers had been compromised. The Mueller report, however, turned that assertion on its head. The FBI, the report said, 
believes that this operation enabled the GRU to gain access to the network of at least one Florida government. At least right. one Florida government. Now, I will say this. I did the electoral math. If Florida is flipped to Hillary Clinton, mm-hmm. which I, you know, we're just speaking hypothetically, right. but if those votes would have normally gone to Hillary Clinton or those electoral votes would have gone normally to Hillary Clinton, that state alone wouldn't have flipped the election to uh, to Hillary. Right. Donald Trump still would have won, but it was a it was a narrow win. I think it would have been something like two sixty one to two seventy six or mm-hmm. something like that. So that would have uh, reduced, obviously, Donald Trump's electoral total, uh, but not enough to put uh, Hillary Clinton above two seventy. Mm-hmm. So there's that. But nevertheless, it's still right. Yeah, Donald you get Trump, more than one of those states. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And we still don't know for sure. I mean, it's entirely possible. And it's, in fact, my theory that Michigan, uh, Wisconsin and Pennsylvania were less of a GRU operation and more of an Internet research agency operation Mm -hmm. where those states and and individual precincts that went for Obama but were flippable to Trump, at least based on um, (laughs) proprietary internal polling that uh, Paul Manafort handed over to Konstantin Kalimnik. Hello. Um, that those districts were targeted with all kinds of disinformation about Hillary Clinton, all kinds of pro-Trump, uh, pro-Bernie propaganda to turn people against Hillary Clinton and to get them to somehow uh, either vote for Donald Trump out of disgust with Hillary Clinton or to vote for a third-party candidate like Jill Stein. And if you see all of the uh, numbers coming out of those three states, you can see how uh, that swung the entire election, those three states right there. And then you wind Florida into the mix. And then you begin to wonder, well, all those predictions of like Hillary Clinton winning the entire East Coast, like from Florida mm-hmm. on up to Maine. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's entirely possible that could have been the case yeah. were it not for all of this, uh, the entire attack by Russia. The FBI, meanwhile, won't tell Florida which county it is. Which there's your there's your deep state for you. Right. All the Republicans, Trumpers, red hats screaming out, ah, deep state. They're out to get us. Well, there's no help here. No, they're not. Meanwhile, Marco Rubio said such an intrusion, such an intrusion could have been devastating. My biggest concern is that on Election Day, you go to vote and have mass confusion because voter registration information has been deleted from the systems. Yeah. And going back to, to 2016 during the primary didn't you observe a bunch of situations yes. like that where people's voter registration wasn't working when they yeah, go to vote I mean, the it primary? Was specifically people who had uh, registered as Democrats were yeah. showing up to the polls and they were uh, and they had checked yeah. or it was recent. And then when they went when they got to the polls, they saw they were registered as Republican <sighs> and, and then they couldn't do anything in the moment. I mean, every state's different. So, um, I mean, switching voter registration, the party affiliation yeah. in the database, that seems like a rat fucking thing to well, do. Well, and that's something that, you know, keep this in mind for 2020 is check. You can check online, yeah. check your status right before you go to vote. If you're, if you're voting from home, that's different. But if you're going to go to the polls, then check your status before you get there just to make sure. And that's a good reason to do early voting because yeah. you don't want to go on the day of only to find out that you know you've been switched over and there's no time to switch or what or whatever bullshit you know they they're supposed to give you some kind of a I can't remember what it's called but they're supposed to give you something um, that you can switch and yeah. it's it's different in each state so it's confusing it's just better to get your vote in early 
Well, I remember all the president's men where Donald Segretti tells Woodward Bernstein, you know what we like to do when we rat fuck people is we like to have a little sense of humor. We like to have a little wink as part of it. Mm-hmm. So it's not like laugh out loud funny. I mean, it's not anything that deserves a rim shot or a laugh track or anything like that. But the, the comedy is subtle there. So like switching Bernie supporters to being registered Republicans that's got that little wink to it. Yeah. That's like, okay, we're fucking with you now. Right. And you may not detect it, but we know it. And right. all of our pals know it. So we're going to have a good laugh at your expense, Bernie supporter, who's been switched over to being a Republican. And yeah. again, we're just, we're kind of speculating, but this is the shit that we all observed. Yeah, because I, at the time, was a Bernie supporter. Yeah. And what was happening is I was in these groups that eventually became Hillary Clinton hellscapes, like anti-Hillary <laughs> all over the fucking place. But anyway... Yeah. People were saying, hey, this happened to me. Hey, this happened to me. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it wasn't something that they were really covering all over the news because I don't know exactly how many people experienced this or even really realized they experienced it. But um, it was happening and I saw it. Yeah. Well, right. And we all witnessed the propaganda on Facebook, too. Yeah. And and Twitter and the bots who are easily detectable. Based right. on the series yeah, of numbers. Yeah, but becoming less and less easily detectable. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, sometimes, I mean, it's, sometimes it's really easy. They have eight numbers after their name or, you know, after their handle or, you know, they, they only recently came on or they have like zero followers or three followers after being on for like years mm-hmm. because evidently this whole um, operation by the Russians obviously didn't just start in 2016. Yeah. So there, there were uh, accounts in place for quite a while. Uh, like Twitter accounts. So, I mean, it's, it's hard to tell exactly what they're doing, but just be aware, you know, I mean, it's, it's hard to, uh, I, I've said this before and I've said this on the after party, so I won't go into major detail, but because I was a Bernie supporter and I, I, I started out, you know, like very pro Bernie and I got more and more angry with Hillary. I never mm. hated her. Yeah. Um, because I, I just, you know, I mean, I've, I realized that even though I saw things about her I didn't like, I did see things that I knew were bullshit. Like there was this person that I knew I met her in person. We actually, I went to her house and it's when I was living in Northern California and I drove to her house and we went to San Francisco together for this homeless. We were like giving clothes and stuff like that to homeless people. And um, so she's like a real person. She's not a bot. And she's not mm-hmm. stupid. Yeah. And she had posted this meme that suggested that Hillary Clinton had John F. Kennedy Jr. killed oh, because God. she wanted a seat. So this was not just, like I said, it wasn't a troll. <laughs> Unbelievable. This was a human being who I knew. Yeah. And we were on the same side because this was prior to the election. Anyway, um, I mean, it's, the- not, it's not that difficult to get brainwashed yeah. because I was brainwashed. Again, it wasn't to the point where I fell for some of these ridiculous things, but here's how it happened with me. I liked Bernie. I did. I preferred Bernie. The more I heard anti-Hillary stuff, the more I disliked her. So I think what happened for a lot of people, they went from dislike to hate. Yeah. And I was writing my book, American Woman, and I'm glad I didn't put this in there because I assumed Hillary was going to win. This was even before she announced I was I was going to write something along the lines of, you know, and it looks like Hillary Clinton's going to be our next president. And my mom was reading and she goes, maybe you shouldn't write that. <laughs> maybe you should take that out. <laughs> and so um, she's like, you don't know what's going to happen. So I was yeah. like, oh, OK, that's true. So I changed it. But, 
you know, her popularity is really high when she was a senator. Her popularity was really high when she was uh, Secretary of State yeah. and doing the work. But then she runs for president and everyone thinks she's the biggest bitch walking. Mm-hmm. Not everyone, but a lot of people. And and so, you know, people who didn't prefer her, it was easy to start hating her yep. because it was... Con- and if you're in these groups, and I was in many of them, it literally turned into we love Bernie and don't bash Hillary to Hillary is Satan. And she is going to be indicted because there's that fucking H.A. Goodman who uh, was the Bernie guy who kept every day, every day he was like, she's going to be indicted. And now he's he's H.A. Goodman for Trump. He's a MAGA. What's he doing these days? I'm going to check out what he's still a MAGA. Yeah, I don't know. I can't tell. Let's see here. I don't see him uh, coming he, up at he all. Might I think have he might have blocked him. Yeah, he blocked me. You blocked him or, or he blocked you. No, he I blocked just, me. I just looked at him the other day because I blocked him. Is it still the same but shit? he's still the Trump 2020. <laughs> so, um, you know, but every single... And, and everyone who loved Bernie was hanging on his every word. Oh, my God. And I remember in, in one of those groups, I asked him, I'm like... Um, can you source this? Where are you getting your information? And I remember you even came on and were like, yeah, can you, can you do that? And mm-hmm. he never replied. So, you know, you have all these people who are like, we love Bernie, we love Bernie. And, and then you have someone like H.A. Goodman with all this popularity saying, she's going to jail, she's going to be indicted tomorrow, it's all over for Hillary. And then everyone's like, yeah, yeah, we hate Hillary. And it just makes you hate her even more. Yep. So, you know, I mean, that's the damage that's done. It's 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 easy to um, make someone so hateful of a, of a candidate, they'll go to Jill Stein. Yeah, you know, the key here to all of this is none of this shit would work if Americans weren't so gullible. Yeah, that's you know, the thing. It's like just, you see a blog post and you assume it's true. We're, we're naive and we, yeah, we believe anything that's in print and then we'll just, you know, without checking it out, we'll just share it, we'll retweet it, we'll like it, do whatever on social media to spread it all and around. And most of the time it's like all they're doing is sharing a headline because they don't even open the article. Yeah, I mean, we have the ability, despite the fact that the commander in chief refuses to even acknowledge the Russian attack, we have the ability to thwart this attack. We really, really yes, we do. And it's not just those of us, and it can't just be those of us who are on the left and we've been observing all of this national tragedy all along. It's got to be everybody. It can't just be the people who are aware of it. It's got to be everybody uh, making smart choices with social media, making smart choices when they get a weird email that might be a phishing scheme or some sort of Trojan horse like what with what happened in Florida. Uh, because, I mean, one of the only w- ways they were able to get into a lot of these email systems is by sending a fake email to you and saying, oh, hey, we, we need your new login. Log in here. And then you click the thing and you go in and you log in. But it's actually a, a fake site that's just collecting your login information so then they can get into your real shit that's the the real that was in the Mueller report i just quoted the Mueller report they actually talked about real shit in the Mueller. no i'm kidding i'm kidding (laughs) but uh so i mean it requires us to be unwitting um foot soldiers in all of this so and we've got some time here to be be prepared i don't know why anyone would still fall for this shit unless they really really want to unless they think somehow it's going to help them. the reason why is just because they're not informed i mean the other day i was at the grocery store and I asked this woman, I said, do you realize that Russia is attacking us right now? Yeah. And she just looked at me like like a, they had bop, dropped a bomb on us. And I said, they're not attacking us with bombs or chemicals. They're attacking us uh, with cyber warfare. Yeah. And so, and she didn't know. I said, are you aware of the Mueller report? And she said, yes. So I said, well, if you read the Mueller report, you'll understand how we were attacked and and it gives you a pretty good idea of all the different things that happened. And I, I did explain to her, yeah. you know, and I, I specified how Manafort had given information about those electoral states, uh, the battleground states, mm-hmm. Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, and uh, the other one, Michigan. Yeah. And anyway, so 
I told her, I said, look, it's easy to find out what's going on, but you have to make sure you read trusted sources. Right. So I gave, I said, look, you know, don't go off an independent blog unless it's sourced. And I said, but it's better to just go for reputable sources. Mm-hmm. Don't go to the opinion section. Go to the straightforward reporting. Yep. And, and so she was literally like making mental notes. And when I left, she looked visibly shocked and like freaked out. Yeah. She was rattled by what I told her. And I'm and I said, you know what? Tell your friends. And I said, don't take my word for it. Go look it up yourself. And, um, you know, and so, she, you know, she seemed, but it's like a lot of people don't know. I mean, clearly she's not in those rooms because she's not a politico, but she, she was aware enough of the Mueller report. Um, you know, I, I tend to do this when I'm out in public. I just randomly, when I'm at a store, I'm like, can I ask you a question? <laughs> and then I, <laughs> then I start like, do you know about the Equal Rights Amendment or oh, whatever yeah. it is? And uh, I just can't stop myself. But mm-hmm. this this woman and I, she's at the grocery store, and I know her, and she's very sweet. And <laughs> poor grocery store. I clerks. know they're fucking Kimberly, but um, <laughs> you know, but she knows that I write political stuff. So uh-huh. you know, she asks me questions from time to time. So I just said, I want to ask you a weird question, and then I asked her. So I just said, please tell your friends yeah. because we all have to be aware that this is happening. Mm. And if we if we were all aware, I mean, I think this is a huge fail on on media. And when I say media, I'm also just talking local stations because local stations should be letting everyone know that we are currently under attack and they just don't tell us that they just they they this is an urgent situation yeah it really really I mean, is if, if i mean if, yeah i mean it's, a, it's an attack that's happening right now yeah it's, if, it's if they were dropping it. bombs on us it would be all over the fucking news yeah i mean they're hackers they're bots they're trolls all the rest of them they're, they're just lined up in in formation ready to start marching across the no man's land again this is, I mean, this is really happening. Yeah. By the way, I'm looking at H.A. Uh, Goodman's Twitter feed oh, right yeah. now. I'm seeing a tweet here that says, OMG, McCabe and Comey were indicted again. Wowza, this is incredible. As you know, I reported many times they've been indicted and now yet again. God, I love myself. Happy jail, Andy and James. I'm always right for IMHA. I, I think that's a parody account. That's got to be a parody account. Because I saw another H.A. Goodman account that was actually suspended. Let me, I'm going to go. I assume um, that's him. I'm going to go to incognito. But now I feel like I've, I've talked about H.A. Goodman way too much. <laughs> <laughs> into the well, show I mean, people should know. I mean, now he's, he's uh, saying that he's a Trump supporter, so. Yeah. Well, that's not surprising. I say he's a Russian. Yeah, me too. And I'm not saying that in jest. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it turns out that H.A. Goodman's a Russian. You know who I didn't see in the Mueller report was Lee Stranahan. Speaking of Russians, I'm not saying Lee is a Russian, but he works for Russia, works for Sputnik now. But, you know, I kind of thought that, you know, he'd be wrapped into all of this. Maybe I should give the uh, Mueller report another check to see if my former podcast partner. See, that's the thing with podcast partners and me. It's like one of them was Lee Stranahan. The other one died. Look out, Kimberly. (laughs) I'm just warning you. It's like maybe it is like Spinal Tap drummers. (laughs) It All looks right. like he got kicked. He was suspended from Twitter, and he's off. So anyway. Oh, thank go. God. Oh, it's so so sad. <laughs> I know. I know. Bye, H.A. By the way, the FBI did hold a press conference call uh, or a conference call warning Florida election supervisors of the cyber threat two months before the 2016 election. But officials declined to say this week whether the bureau ever told election supervisors from the county that had been attacked about the breach. Good job. Good job, people. Way to, way to sort this all out. Way to defend the nation. 
All right. Uh, to support Kimberly A. Johnson's podcast, go to patreon.com slash start me up. You have a new show this week or no? Yes. I t- yeah, the one tomorrow. Oh, the one tomorrow. That's right. T-Rex. T-Rex. And, and we're going to talk about the ERA with K- Kate Kelly. All right, sounds great. I don't know if I've got a show tomorrow. I think I do. I just <laughs> I haven't locked down my guest yet. I've got several options here. So I'll keep you posted on social media. Uh, okay, meanwhile, let's see here. Oh, the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network, sexyliberal.com. Jody Hamilton's From the Bunker Podcast, Stephanie's Happy Hour, Randy Rhodes' After Hours, Dean Obidala's I Want to Be Your Muslim Friend, Saturday with John Fugelsang, Final Word with Frangela, The Great Rude Pundit, and more to come. Uh, and the best thing to do for everyone in the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network is to go and subscribe on iTunes and then to leave a five-star rating and review. Get yes. going. That'll really help out everybody, and it doesn't cost you a penny, not a cent. And thank you for doing that in advance. Okay, the postmortem show is coming up next on our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Show or just bobseskashow.com. We'll see you over there, folks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.